Philosophy Friday, a bit later than never. Stay with me. Well, I nearly didn't get to this one today. I'll be honest with you. I've missed all my recording slots with Nick for Friday and Saturday. So it was solo. It's pretty much been the story of this week. Um, I've missed, well, my brother ran out of power for his laptop. So that was that. Um, and wow, I mean, it's been a bit of a tough week. I got to be honest with you. It's uh, the wife and kids have all been sick. I've been trying to just kind of be super dad and prepare sermons and, uh, uh, obviously, podcasting is the first thing that's going to go. Um, it's uh, not on the essential, essential list, but I'm quite proud of myself. I have, in fact, managed to at least just put something out, right? Um, even though I might regret this. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, hopefully something of something that has been said this week will be helpful to you or has been helpful to you. Uh, Philosophy Friday. Um, I, will, I will just continue on speaking about the stuff in my wheelhouse right now. Um, because that is pretty much all I've got. So just to give you some sense of context and continuity from those previous uh, weeks, uh, or at least days uh, and sessions, um, and if you have been tracking with me, then you will kind of know this story. Um, I've just been looking at uh, some of Frame's perspectivalism. There's a lot of juicy philosophy in that. Um, I mean, Frame, of course, is, man, that guy's written a lot of books, but like the history of Western philosophy and, um, you know, he just knows. He knows his philosophy very well, even though he's a kind of interesting biblicist figure. You know, it's just a really interesting character there, Frame. But anyways, I've got onto this uh, dissertation that's been written about, or well, kind of I realize now in defense of um, perspectivalism, I have somehow miraculously managed to read half of the dissertation uh, this week. And uh, I must say, it's just been absolutely riveting. Uh, it's been a real page turner. Is that weird that I, that I think that? Um, it's called The Triune, God of Unity and Diversity, an Analysis of Perspectivalism. Um, it's by Timothy Miller. Um, now, I, uh, there's too much to really go into here, but, but let's just try and boil this thing down just as he kind of gets going in terms of the way this relates to philosophy. I, I'm kind of doing a bit of a philosophy theology overlap here. Um, and this is really the point at which um, philosophy and theology overlaps. We've dealt with this before, but the subject is epistemology. That's where perspectivalism comes in. Um, it is a, essentially a system of how to gain knowledge. It's or an understanding of how we gain knowledge um, according to frame. And, um, well, really, I mean, you see how much of it in this dissertation is rooted into Van Til's thinking. And, um, and then, of course... Uh, you just see how widespread, I hadn't appreciated just how widespread the influence had been. Um, but a lot of it is agreeable. And um, I've been especially won over by Van Til's kind of, um, well, as, as uh, Timothy Miller looks at Van Til as a kind of conversation partner in the dissertation, um, it really gives you a sense of um, perspective at, at just how deep these wells are. Um, and and just how this is actually standing on so much that has been thought already. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the image of God. Um, and just bear in mind, this is not a lecture or anything. I have no pre prepared notes. I'm just kind of splurting this out. Um, so it might be a little messy. 
but hopefully there's something in you that that you can um, uh, just gives you something to think about on Philosophy Friday, which is really what the goal of this day on the podcast is. But when we think of the image of God, it is related to perspectivalism, according to Frame, and I'm, I'm starting to be won over on this point, in that you have something of who God is that comes through in who we are, okay? Now, just leaving aside the very specific and debated details of what it means to be made in the image of God, I mean, something basic about that is true. We are made in the image of God. Something of God uh, is true about something in us. And basically, that pertains, and that has deep relevance, Frame is arguing, and it makes sense, uh, in terms of the way that we gain knowledge. Uh, Now, of course, immediately you want to stop yourself. You don't want to say that God gains knowledge, and, and Frame's not saying that. But God has knowledge in a certain way, and it's not like he grows or changes or anything like that, but he he is both one and many. Uh, well, let's not even put it like that. Just say one and, you know, as the Trinity is stated, uh, one in essence, three in persons. But there's a, uh, you know, the thing about the Trinity that's so profound, of course, is just that the one and the many that the philosophers have wrestled with over the centuries. You see them back and forth on this one and many, and they're just trying to grab a hold of, is it one, is it many, how do we fit everything, you know, how do we understand the universe in which we live, is it just one, is it many, is it made of one thing, is it made of many things, and they just turn it over at every conceivable level, a lot of it is epistemological, and um, and so, you know, I love, I love one of the things I've really appreciated about Frame so far is the way he goes, well, the problem with those guys is that they are, and I don't think this is too controversial, but he says, you know, they just didn't have a Trinitarian framework. And the reality is, in some sense, it is both. It's one in many because all of creation is, it sort of flows out of a God who is triune. You know, and there's a mystery there that can't be solved uh, in the Trinity. And But that's going to reflect some sort of tension in creation as well. And the only people that have any hope of getting to grips with that are Christians who accept and begin from uh, a Trinitarian basis. So, you know, that's obviously, even as I say that, if you've read any Van Til, you'll know that's deeply Van Tillian at the core there. Um, but before we get further into Van Til, um, let me just talk a little bit, just to give you some introduction to this idea of the image of God. And um, and where I, I got a little bit hooked on this dissertation because I was like, wow, I had not realized Van Til had been so instrumental in coming up with a view that I hold to with regard to uh, the Imago Dei, the image of God. And if it's true that uh, Ventil was so instrumental in that view, it's just, it's it's made me a little bit more excited about the idea um, of triperspectivalism. At one level, it's like you just appreciate what Frame is doing in, in, in coming coming out of this massive scope of, of philosophical wrestling. I mean, he's really dealing with an epistemological problem and saying that that there is a Christian answer to it, so I think that's something that I'm I'm appreciating. But then at another level, there's just something of a fundamental theology that I agree with, um, really from Van Til, concerning the image of God and how that affects our being, as it were. Um, we've spoken a while ago about the um, the doctrine of the covenant as our basis for epistemology and ontology and and um, all of that is very, very important. So I'll refer you back. In fact, opening chapters of, of Horton's um, Systematic Theology, The Christian Faith, deals well with that. 
Um, so go back and check those out if you wanted to. Uh, and it feels kind of weird even to be talking about Horton and Frame in any level of agreement. But I, I you know, it's some. This would be interesting to look into further. But they do kind. Of, I mean, they both they both come from that Van Tilly thing. Although it's interesting that uh, Horton thinks of Van Til as being a little bit non-confessional at certain certain points. Anyways, I digress. You can tell this is this is this is spaghetti, but it's something, right? And uh, I am quite excited about this. Here's what. Um, is what the image of God has typically been thought of as being. You've had a few views. You've had what sometimes gets called the structural or substantive view. Um, and that is basically the understanding that um, we relate to God um, in, in some way that is unique. Um, and what I mean there is that um, we are, I mean, we are different from the animals in some way something structural about human beings that leaves us unique in all the animal called created kingdom and therefore at that point of uniqueness we are uh, made in the image of God something along those lines and there are various variations of that but I mean this was a widely held view Irenaeus Augustine um, I think Thomas Aquinas if I'm not mistaken I think even Kelvin um, but um, it's just been a very very solidly represented view in church history so that's the structural substance substantive view to say what's unique about us um all right that must be the thing <laughs> and then of course they differ on what could be unique about humanity and that's where you got all the debates but it's all in that bucket essentially and then you have the relational view which was a lot more contemporary or i say contemporary but you know recent in church history uh this was called bart's big one um basically the idea is that you've got this trinitarian relationship and so Something about relationship is key to understanding the image. And I mean, I think it is a powerful argument. You see, um, it starts, it, it actually, interestingly, you know, even though Bart was really neo-Orthodox or, you know, kind of lent towards many liberal ideas, he, he brought it back to the text and uh, started saying, look, look at the, look at what the text is saying. Let's get out of our introspection in terms of what makes humankind unique. And let's uh, let's look at what the text is saying. There's an element of made in the image of God that is reflective of male and female. This is this must be the thing, you know. And um, and so, anyways, uh, bottom line, you you've got those guys as well. And there's lots of differences there as well. Relational view. So you got structural and relational view, and then you got the functional view, uh, which I find very persuasive. This I think comes the closest to where Klein landed. Uh, but, you know, it's just you've got this solid A&E kind of thing going on. And by that, I mean ancient Near East, um, where you've got, I mean, they vividly speak about what it means to be made in the image of God as a matter of rulership, a vice regency. And um, obviously that's right there in the text as well. Uh, in Genesis 1, uh, verse 26, you know, it speaks of man ruling over the fish and the sea and the birds of the air. And I mean, this ruling over thing is directly connected to the image of God which, um, you know, is often, in fact, there's this guy named Kleins, not Klein, but C-L-I-N-E-S, uh, who, who wrote a great article about this saying, listen, if you were in the ancient Near East at the time, you wouldn't have, wouldn't have even blinked. You would have gone, oh, well, yeah, totally. That's, uh, that means rulership. So vice regency. Um, so there's something fundamental about that for you that I think is, is right as well. And then you've got what has been called, and this, this gets called different things as well, but functional holism. Um, where 
you know, we start to say, well, all of those things are kind of true. Um, it's really hard to make a decision. I think Michael Horton fits into, into this category in that he essentially wants to mash some of that in by way of covenant. <clears throat> so I've really liked that position. Um, I actually got onto it via Hokuma um, back in the day, but Horton, um, just I pulled up a quote here from his Christian faith. He says, The meeting place between God and humanity is a covenant. This covenantal relationship is not something added to human nature, but is essential to it. And um, so, you know, Yuri's following men like Bob Inc. and and um, and Hokuma. The image of God, the Imago Dei, is not something in us that is semi-divine, but something between us and God that constitutes a covenantal relationship. So he's actually putting it down to the covenant itself, which I like because it doesn't dismiss what Klein is saying about the the angle of suzerainty and um, or at least a vassal vice regency um, so in other words um, it, it's part of the covenant relationship between Adam and God that he is you know we know uh, to be this vice regent this was essential to the agreement and the covenant and that's why man is unique to you know the animal kingdom and that's why he's made in relationship and so there's a way to kind of reel it all together uh, through that um, now I've always, that's where I've landed. That's kind of been my approach. I, I love the way it begins with the covenant and ends with it. What I hadn't appreciated so much is that Van Til actually, in his Trinitarianism, actually uh, paved the way for, for much of this. Uh, he says, The reality and vitality of the personal and therefore covenant relation within the Trinity, however unharmonizable it is for our logic, with the oneness of the divine essence, uh, also forms the basis for a real freedom for the finite person. God can thus also enter into historical covenant relation with man and have his relation be real and vital, giving to man a genuine, free, finite covenant personality. The covenant relation is therefore the only relation in which the finite stands to the infinite, because the eternal persons of the divine trinity stand to one another, in covenant relation and so um just to quote um timothy malia he says so what van Til appears to be suggesting is that because the intra-trinitarian relations are absolutely personal what he calls covenantal um and i think that's right covenantal personal uh, god's relation to creation is ectypally personal in other words covenantal this absolute personalism in the Trinity, then, is the foundation of the covenant God makes in creation. But as you go on with this whole thing, you realize that, uh, in fact, um, it's the foundation for our knowing as well. Because we, and this is Klein's, or at least Frame's argument, uh, we essentially, if God, if we are made in the image of God, and that image is best represented in this covenantal understanding, then as God knows and has knowledge in and of himself, so it must mean that in some way, ectypally, you know, this Trinitarian um, perspective is um, something that affects our knowing as well. So the, the penny drop there, you know, for me personally, is um, 
you know, the way Mantell relates covenant and personality. Obviously, you know the persons of the Godhead. You don't think about that in terms of covenant. And yet, um, he's arguing that in this covenant relationship between man and God, you, know, you have something essential to the Trinitarian nature of God uh, himself being represented, which is framing all of our existence or our ability to know anything. So that's kind of something I, I want to work through some more, but uh, that was a bit of a penny drop that you might find interesting as well. But um, in that vein, moving forward, uh, Yearswood, uh, he says, God's, uh, wait, let's move back a little bit there. Um, God created man according to his own image, this is Miller, um, uh, according to his own const- constitution, um, and therefore man's knowledge is personally perspectival, imaging the distinction of the persons, um, and focally perspectival, imaging the unity and diversity of God's plan. Um, consequently, man can seek after God's knowledge. Or let me leave, let me jump a little bit down there. Therefore, um, he says, general perspectivalism is a reflection of the Trinitarian nature of God in epistemology. So that's the basic argument. Um, obviously, there's a lot more to say, um, and there's a lot more to think through. And this is not that thing. But um, I just wanted to put it out there because it does overlap with. Uh, Friday. And um, I think what it's done for me is it's, I haven't bought in yet uh, necessarily, but it's got me thinking, it's got me appreciating that um, this the, the well runs deep here. And um, it's not just some, where first, my first interaction with perspectivalism was just to go, well, this is, seems a bit willy nilly. But I realized that that's just because of my ignorance with regard to these this, this these ages of, of uh, epistemological debates and um, and even reformed thinking um, on um, this this uh, concept so it's got me really going okay well it's it's got a it's got a good it's got a point that I like already I like the covenantal image of God thing it's playing on that point from Van Til and um, it's trying to develop it well at least Miller is anyway as he's defending frame. Um, and and trying to show how this thing has bearing on our epistemology. Um, so there's that angle. The other angle, which I'm not going to cover now, it's going to take too long, but it's just the whole way in which you see the history of epistemology kind of work on rationalism and uh, existentialism and, um, and what is the other one? Um, and empiricism, of course. And so, you know, the you know, Frame is wrestling with those concepts as well, and I haven't even touched on that, but just sort of coming at it from a from a Trinitarian image of God perspective here. Um, okay, so let me just dump it right there, and um, there's a whole lot to think about on Friday. Sorry, not our typical kind of uh, conversation with Nick Cleveley, but um, this is my little contribution to getting you to miss Nick, and uh, we want you back, Nick. <laughs> um, he's... Uh, uh, we've, we will hopefully, hopefully, uh, the flu will pass through my household uh, fairly quickly, and we'll get back on track with all of our usual slots. But there's something to think about for you, um, and then I suppose brings a nice, a nice roundup to, um, you know, the kind of interaction that we've been having all week around uh, frame stuff. So there we go. I'm gonna leave it at that. Bless you guys. Have a great. Well, I suppose I'll catch you tomorrow before the weekend. But have a great Friday night. Mm-hmm.